Welcome to the Modern Jewish Girl Podcast. I'm Jenna, lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in the holy city of Jerusalem. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. I heard a story once from my rabbi in Los Angeles about a celebrity in LA who wanted to learn Kabbalah. So she invited a prominent Hollywood rabbi to her home. And when he got there, he entered a room with floor pillows and candles and incense and Indian music playing. And the star shimmied her way over to the rabbi and said, is this spiritual enough for you? And when he shared this story, we all laughed because obviously this is not spirituality. So let's talk about what real spirituality is from a Jewish perspective. We just read last week the big revelation at Mount Sinai when Hashem, when God revealed himself to the entire Jewish people. It was the greatest spiritual experience in the history of mankind, in the history of the world. And I speak more about it in detail in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast that I did on Shavuos and humility. So you can check that out if you're interested. But During this revelation, when God speaks to the entire Jewish people, he gives over the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Remember the Shabbos day to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's house his wife, his maidservant, or anything that's your neighbor's. So these are the Ten Commandments, and they're the foundation of all modern civilization. And another little side point that I want to make just about the Ten Commandments and all of the Jewish law that stems from it is that it shows that there's an objective morality in the world. There's an objective right and wrong. And sadly, this is a controversial point these days, but it's true. And this is why the Torah does not take a live and let live approach, because there is an objective right and wrong. And a functional good civilization, and on top of that, a spiritual society, can only exist within the basic structure of this objective morality. So after the Hashem reveals the Ten Commandments, in the following Parsha, you would think that there would be a continuation of this elevated spiritual experience. I mean, we're told in Mount Sinai that the souls of the Jewish people left, came out of their bodies when they heard, you know, God speak. But what do we have in Parsha's Mishpatim, the following Parsha? We, we have a very detailed discussion of civil laws between man and man regarding property law and torts law and damages in general. And it's actually very interesting to me as somebody who is a lawyer and went to law school, these laws really make up the basis of the American legal code. Our sages were very ahead of their time. It's really, really amazing. But getting back to our point about real spirituality, all of these rules, and especially the minor damages between people, it doesn't really feel so spiritual. So what does it mean from a Jewish perspective to be spiritual? My husband, before we met, he went to like a new age spirituality convention in California, of course. (laughs) And when he was there, they were selling incense and crystals and, you know, all sorts of things. And he and he stopped and asked to himself, you know, is this spirituality? 
So from a Jewish perspective, spirituality is not doing what feels good. It doesn't mean just doing incense and yoga and meditation. You know, these things are nice, but that's not what makes a person a spiritual person. To be spiritual from a Jewish perspective is to exercise our free will and choose good, not just to act unconsciously, but to choose consciously to be moral. And the laws of the Torah are the system of morality. It's really amazing. By learning the Torah, we're connecting to God because we're learning his mind. And by observing these laws, we connect to God because we're aligning our will with God's will. And to bring this down in a very tangible way, my teacher Yehuda Skolshevsky recently told me that illness, when somebody gets sick on a deep spiritual level, it's actually because divine light, the Shekhinah, is not able to shine through that part of the body or all parts of the body. And the mitzvot literally enable the Shekhinah, the divine light, to shine through and manifest through all parts of the body. And we numerically, the mitzvot corresponds to the amount of limbs in the body. It's, it's really unbelievable. So how we get dressed in the morning, how we tie our shoes, how we wash our hands, all of these things are spiritual acts which enable us to align with God and enable his light to shine down into the world. Eating kosher, which is a mitzvah that's discussed in Parshas Mishpatim, separating meat and milk, enables us on a deeper spiritual level to have an inner capacity to receive divine light, and it heals us physically and spiritually. And I want to make a separate point here that whether it's eating food or resting, you know, doing things that we enjoy, even these seemingly mundane things can be very spiritual depending on our intention when we engage in them. If I'm relaxing for the sake of doing more mitzvot later on, I've elevated the act of resting. If I'm eating so that I'll have the energy to do more mitzvot, I'm elevating the act of eating. Rabbi David Asher says in his Living Amuna on the Parsha book that all of the Torah's laws are spiritual. Every mitzvah that Hashem gives us is spiritual. And there's really three dimensions of the mitzvot, our relationship to God, our relationship to others, and our relationship with ourselves. So I want to look at an example of how this works out. Speaking last week in, in the podcast, I spoke about an example with a friend who I lent something valuable to and he lost. So in that example, if he repays the money that was lost, the value of the item that he lost, he, he's, doing a, he's doing a mitzvah. And so it's becoming a spiritual endeavor. When a person repays a loan or repays damages that he's caused, it's a mitzvah. And that makes it a spiritual endeavor. And on my end, I have to work on not holding a grudge against this person. You know, there's a mitzvah in the Torah not to bear a grudge, and there's a mitzvah to love our neighbor like ourselves. It could be really challenging in situations where we feel like we were wronged, especially by a friend or, or a family member, someone we, we are, consider very close. Rabbi Zelig Pliskin, in his book Gateway to Happiness, says something very interesting related to this. He says, only a person who feels inwardly good about himself will be able to fulfill the commandment of love your neighbor. And I think this points to a general idea that there's really a baseline of good self-esteem and mental, emotional, and physical health that one must have before building a sustainable spiritual life from a Jewish perspective. And really all of the mitzvot are predicated upon good mitos, good basic character traits. 
But getting back to real spirituality, real spirituality does not always feel good in the moment. And many times it may not feel good in the moment. It can actually be painful, but it will end up feeling better after we've done the right thing. I mean, this is what makes it challenging. And this is why we have free will. We're supposed to grapple and then choose good. If it was easy, it wouldn't be meaningful. So in the example with my friend, if I'm being completely honest, I was holding a a grudge against him because he lost something of value and he wasn't paying it back and time was going on. And as more time went on, the grudge was getting stronger and stronger until I got to a point where I said, okay, obviously Hashem does not want me to hold a grudge against this person. I need to choose peace and I need to realize that the money that was lost was decreed from Hashem. It was going to happen to me anyway. This person was just the messenger that enabled that to come about and I can't change his actions. All I can do is change my own thoughts and feelings and behavior. So I am going to choose peace over my own ego, over needing to feel right, over needing him to apologize, over needing him to give me the money back. I'm going to choose peace over that. And it took me a while to get to that place emotionally. And I don't even know if I'm still fully there yet, but I do feel a lot more inner peace. And that inner peace that I feel feels so much better than the grudge that I was holding against this person. And Rabbi Zelik Pliskin, he says, happiness comes when we free ourselves from our natural tendencies and our desires. My natural tendency is to be upset with this person and to to be angry with him until he comes to me and makes it right. But that's not what's going to make me happy. What's going to make me happy is freeing myself from this need and choosing peace over my own ego. A lot of times these situations with damages and people harming other people can be complicated. And it's not always so easy or simple what the right thing to do is. So that's why we have Das Torah. That's why we have rabbis and mentors and rabbitsons and people that we're meant to consult when we're not sure about the gray areas. But it's in these gray areas, it's in these trenches, when we're going through these types of hurt and pain from other people that we're really working on our real spirituality. When we're really fighting against our natural inclination, our unconscious reactions, and we're really consciously trying to do the right thing in alignment with the Torah. My teacher Yehuda Skolshevsky taught me from a deeper perspective, why do these damages even happen in the first place? You know, if Hashem is good in his essence and we're good in our essence, which we are, then why do we harm each other so much? And she's bringing this from the Zohar on Parshas Mishpatim. And she said that Hashem's essence is goodness, but Hashem reveals himself in the world through different ways. And one of the ways he expresses himself is through din, through judgment, through strict justice. And that's through the name Elohim. And the name Elohim acts like a filter that conceals Hashem's divine light. And this is a necessary thing to preserve our free will in this world. But this is the root of all the damages and all the pain that we cause each other is the fact that there's this concealment which is necessary to preserve free will. And it's in this Parsha, it's so interesting, Parsha's Mishpatim, that the Zohar, the Kabbalistic text, shares the secrets of reincarnation. Because at its root, sometimes the damages that we suffer, whether against ourselves, our property, are to fix something in this life or in a past life. You know, Judaism totally believes in reincarnation. 
So having this higher perspective, even if we can't fully understand it, is comforting on some level when we're suffering a a damage or a hurt because we realize that there's a higher purpose behind it that we don't, even if we can't necessarily see it. So practically, how can we build our spiritual muscles? Miriam Adahan, one of my teachers, has an excellent book called Emmet, which stands for Emotional Maturity Established Through Torah. And she says something really profound. She says, any stressful event can be used as an excuse to lose self-control and to sink into self-pity and resentment or be seen as an opportunity for self-refinement. And the choice is ours. So she says, in the face of a difficult situation, we can ask, number one, what mitzvah can I perform in the midst of this pain? And we've spoken before about the world of disconnection and the world of connection. And by being able to perform mitzvot, despite the pain that we're going through, we can really get back into the world of connection, into a a positive state. So in my example with my friends, I could work on the mitzvah of giving the benefit of the doubt. You know, I can look at him and say, he feels so bad. He's been trying to find the item. He totally intends to pay us back and make it right. He's embarrassed that he hasn't. He's busy. He has other things going on. I can work on this mitzvah. I can also work on the mitzvah of Amunah, that this damage would not have happened if Hashem didn't will it. It was from Hashem, ultimately. The second thing she says we can do is we can say, what particular mita, what particular character trait can I strengthen at this moment? There's so many opportunities for growth, especially when we're going through trying times. And in my example, I can strengthen compassion, you know, maybe he doesn't have the money to pay us back and it's, and he's struggling financially and it's very hard for him and he's embarrassed. I can work on the meat of patience, of giving him more time to come around and understanding that not everyone works on my timeline. And I can work on the meat of gentleness, of being sensitive to him, not getting angry at him. But this is real spirituality. Real spirituality is rising to the occasion when we're facing a difficulty And choosing the response, choosing the conduct that is morally good. Consciously choosing it. Even if it's painful, even if it's hard. That's how we become real spiritual people. So obviously I'm sure there are situations that you're going through where you can ask yourself, you know, what mitzvah can I perform during this pain? And by the way, the mitzvah you perform doesn't have to be directly related to what you're going through. It could be a completely different mitzvah. It could be bringing a meal to a friend who just had a baby or bringing a cup of water to your husband, calling your grandma. And that will help get you out of the pain that you're feeling. And you can ask, what mita, what character traits can, can I strengthen at this moment? Because all situations that we go through are really mita development opportunities. They're opportunities to work on ourselves and refine our, our character traits. So in sum, real spirituality isn't just meditating on a mountain. It's also repaying our debts and not harming our friends. Real spirituality from a Jewish perspective is choosing consciously to do the right thing. And this means aligning ourselves with Hashem's will through the mitzvot. It's not focusing on how others are treating us, but on how we're treating others, on our own thoughts, speech, and behavior, which is really the only thing we can control anyway. And in these ways, each situation that we encounter can serve as a springboard for our spirituality. We should all merit to reach new heights in spirituality every single day and in that way grow closer to ourselves and others and Hashem. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you like the podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share with your family and friends. Be blessed. Thank you.